podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. Mohamed Salah notched his 18th goal of the season as the Reds made it five wins in a row with their victory over Fulham on Wednesday evening. And with United stumbling, could Klopp's side actually pull off an improbable top four finish? Well, only time will tell. The next hurdle to, to that outcome is Thomas Frank's Brentford, with the Bees travelling to Anfield this Saturday evening full of confidence after another very successful season. So joining me on the pod to share her insight into Brentford's season, how they've moved on from Ericsson, Tony's continued rise and much, much more, we welcome back Brentford fan and contributor to Besotted Podcast, Taylor Dawson. Welcome back, Taylor. Hi, nice to be back. Thanks yeah. for having me. Good to have you. Good to have you back and like get your insight on Brentford, uh, which has always been a pretty fascinating story every time I've, I've managed to speak to Brentford fans over the past past couple of seasons. Um, and yeah, the previous game, which we'll definitely touch upon, uh, certainly made for interesting viewing and, and wasn't wasn't really that surprising, I think, to a lot of Liverpool fans. Um, uh, may have been surprising, I think, on the day to um, one or two Brentford fans that I spoke to. But in, in terms of, before we get to that, I just wanted to ask you, because we are coming up to the end of the season now, not many games to go. And in terms of sort of the, the main objective for the season, which I think, again, would have been sort of safety first and then sort of pushing uh, as high in the table as you could go, finishing, it was like 13th last season, wasn't it? So I think currently sitting in ninth on 50 points, that's pretty much job done. But I wanted to ask you, at the start of the season, what were your expectations for Brentford? What, what do you think fans were hoping could be the ceiling for for the season? I've, I mean, if I'm honest, I think for most Brentford fans, I obviously can't speak for all of them, but I think most of us would have said ceiling, like the wish, the one thing we could say, oh, that would be an incredible season, would probably just be top 10, which might sound awful um, to fans of other clubs, but for us, that's that's massive. No, no. Um, I did think... I did think we would be safe this year. I, did, I, I thought unless something went sort of terribly, terribly wrong, you know, obviously key injuries and stuff, we haven't got the squad depth that, say, Liverpool or well, no one has the squad depth of Chelsea, but <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't got that to deal with things like injuries or long suspensions or something like that at the moment. So I yeah. think that was my biggest fear. But with the sort of squad that we've got at the moment, mm. I wasn't terrified of relegation. Um it was always a possibility, but I thought we I thought we would always stay up. But yeah, just being in the top 10 this late in the season is mind-blowing, really, for me. Yeah, I think one thing that's really come across this season, and I think two clubs I think of a lot are Brighton and, and yourselves when I'm talking about this, but actually Fulham as well, I think, to give them their credit. Uh, examples of clearly sort of well-run clubs in terms of the way in which they operated, the coach, and a, a lot of like 
feels like people working in lockstep um, across those clubs. And Brentford, obviously, is well known the the work that goes in as a data into recruitment and just how methodical you you can be from set pieces. You know, it's 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 uh, surely people just sort of realize now it's not a coincidence that you're so good at set pieces. It's it's something that's planned meticulously, um, and it's you know, something that you gamble on from time to time. So I think definitely earlier on the season, and I think one thing that has been leveled at Liverpool this season is there's been, I think, a little bit of muddled thinking for the majority of the season for Liverpool. Uh, and that's led to the sort of the season that we've had a little bit. Whereas I think the clubs that have had really coherent visions seem to have done, you know, very well. Uh, and I would definitely put Brentford into, into that category. Um, uh, another question, I guess, like to take you back to the start of the season. I mean, Thomas Frank's clearly sort of, you know, beloved figure at Brentford, as he should be. Um, what did you think was going to be his biggest sort of challenge this season or, or, or sort of, like, did you think that, that he'd need to make some, some tweaks this season to the way in which Brentford were playing to try and, try and get you be even more competitive? Um, I don't know if it's, if it's anything that we would necessarily say as fans that, that, that mm. we would want him to do, if that makes sense. Um, I think we've always known that Thomas, from when we were in the championship, really prefers that sort of free-flowing style of football. Right. To his credit, he knew that when we got promoted, that wasn't that wasn't an option if we wanted to to survive and and do well in the league to start off with. And he adapted. And you know, I don't know how many people that are going to be listening to this ever saw us play in the championship, but it's a very very different style of football. And to have most of those same players still playing for us now and playing a very different style of football is, I think, a, a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. And um, for those who didn't see, obviously, saw Brentford playing in the championship, and you saw describing that describing that free flowing style of football. What did it really look like actually in terms of sort of how Brentford set up as opposed to, I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's a it's a, a big difference from from the Brentford that we've seen in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the era of Ollie Watkins, Saeed Benrahma, um, yeah. just uh, just yeah, very beautiful sort of quick passing for a bit, almost a bit like what City do really in okay. the Premier League was more or less, um, I guess the best way to describe our, our style in the Championship. Hmm. Um, I, I mean we we never did you know sort of five at the back that. You know, that that was not a thing we had to do in the championship. Um, and you can see Thomas this year, as opposed to last year, has started trying to do that a bit more. Mm. Um, so you can see there are, especially against the sort of teams that are more around us, we play a very different style of football against the, against the top six than we do against a lot of other clubs, even in the Premier League. So you can see, I feel like he's starting to make that those sort of small steps back to the style of football that he prefers. Um, but it's hard to argue and we've been quite successful doing it the other way, um, especially against the the big six. So yeah, it'll be an interesting to see how it develops. Yeah. And I think it's, it's always indicative, isn't it? Of like a manager who's clearly got the the trust of those players and that they're, they're, they're willing to take such a different style on board and actually sort of implement it. Cause they think, yeah, this is going to get a results. Um, we, we trust this guy and yeah, he's, He's more than proven himself now. And I'm just looking at transfers and sort of the the players that were brought in in the summer and those who left. I'm looking at those who left and 
let me know if I'm missing anybody out here. And I, I think Canos went on loan to, to, to like a former Liverpool link that we have with Brentford. Ericsson yeah. is, is sort of the big one, right? Into the sort of that would he, wouldn't he sort of stay at Brentford? The romantic in me just really wanted him to go to Brentford. And then, of course, he made his choice and that's yeah, even worse <laughs> than I could, have, I could have thought. And actually, he's been quite good for them. Um, so it, he, he left and obviously left a big vacuum as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely ask sort of how you think uh, Frank's gone about filling that. Damsgaard has come in sort of like a sort of Ericsson light, I suppose, sort of signing from Sampdoria. Um, there was Aaron Hickey, the left back, uh, and uh, Ian Lewis Potter as well, who I must admit I've not seen any of this season as a left winger. Um, again, all very young, all about 21, 22. There's probably a couple of other transfers in there. Ben Mee, um, really a very sort of smart one from Burnley as well. Uh, and aside from Ben Mee, who's obviously 32, the rest of those players are very much in sort of the profile you'd imagine. They're targeted. The worst, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to be sold for profit, you know, after a season or two, if it doesn't work out. Um, of those people who've come in, who's made the biggest impact? And then, yeah, just to your, to, to, to mention Ericsson, how has Thomas Frank gone about replacing Ericsson? Because he, he was becoming like a real influential figure to you uh, before he left. Um, yeah, I mean, for the first question, I think uh, I absolutely agree. The signings that we've brought in, um, we've got Kevin Sharda in January as well. Um, yeah, again, really young, really talented sort of player. Um, but the one that's made the biggest impact is, is Ben Me. Um, we had some injuries in the defense at the beginning of the season and it felt like apart from the odd match, we didn't really miss a beat. He's played, I think, the, some of the most minutes for us this season. Mm. Um, he's been unbelievable to watch. I had no idea watching him at Burnley that he was capable of doing the things that he does for us. Um, I mean, he was never asked. He was never asked to um, <laughs> have the ball at his feet, was he? He was no. never asked to do that sort of job at Burnley, and he's done it to to near perfection. Yeah. I think for us this season, it was sea ball, head ball, wasn't it? At Burnley, just trying- yeah, exactly, and especially we. Th- you're talking about the sort of profile of a Brentford player being sort of young, raw. Mm. We, we sort of bring them on, develop them. As you said, worst case scenario, we tend to sell them on for, for a profit. We've not really done as much of that in the, in the defense over the years. Um, we've always had some experience there. Like when we signed Pontus Janssen from Leeds, we've always had those sort of older, more experienced heads back there. And, um, yeah, Ben's, Ben's slotted in perfectly. I mean, he's a lovely, lovely guy by all accounts as well. And it looks like he's really, um, enjoying himself, which is nice to see. Um, as far as the other signings we've made, it's, I think Aaron has probably made the biggest impact, but then he spent a large portion of that out injured as well. Mm. Um, same with Keen. And obviously you've got Mikel who's coming back from a long-term injury. So that was all, you know, we were always, we weren't under any sort of confusion about what that was going to look like and how long it might take um, to get him back, you know, Mm. even just match fit. But I think what we tend to do and what I'm really glad that we've done with those signings is they're not there to make an immediate impact. We're not relying on them week in, week out. We're not relying on them to stay up. We're not relying on them for promotion. We're not, you know, we're not putting that that sort of weight on them. And they do get the chance to bed in and develop and, and really sort of kick on, I guess, from here without all the added pressure of you have to be the guy, you have to perform. 
Yeah, exactly. That's exa- ex- exactly the sort of environment you want young players to come into. I mean, again, to, to make a comparison for Liverpool this season, I think you could see sort of the lack of planning around getting midfielders in was clearly an issue like quite early on. We just didn't address it. And so in the end, one of the solutions was this 19-year-old like Bacicic who came in and was fantastic, but obviously was a 19-year-old and <laughs> his body wasn't built to sort of do the sort of the number of games he, he suddenly found himself playing. So uh, it was great. To, it's always great to see a young player come and break through and make such an impact. But um, I think, yes, yeah, sometimes it shows that maybe the planning hasn't been the best, especially when you're piling, you're piling all the pressure on that. So I think, yeah, Brentford adopting exactly the strategy that I would imagine actually as well. And in that, the sort of the shoes to fill for Ericsson, uh, yeah, during his his sort of cameo at Brentford, how has Frank sort of looked to you know move on from that? Um, he's not had to do too much, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, Matthias Jensen yes, has I've heard. <laughs> just, I mean, absolutely done a job and done it brilliantly. Um, he, he's always been, you could always see that he had that ability in him, I think, and he was just never very consistent. He'd have seven out of 10, eight out of 10 performances. And then for the next two weeks, he just, Nothing would come off for him. And I think that's the danger sometimes of being that sort of creative midfielder is sometimes they just don't come off. And there is like an element of luck and things like that 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 go into it. But the difference in him this season and the progress that he's made, which probably has has at least something to do with Christian Eriksson. I know obviously they've they've been together before on the Danish national team, but mm. it's different, you know, doing it week in, week out and getting to spend time with him and train with him and things like that. And I'm sure if you asked Matthias that he'd probably say that Christian Eriksson had something to do with it. But at the same time, you could always see that he had that in him and he's always had that ability. And yeah, it's been a really, really lovely thing to see. He was sort of the the Brentford scapegoat for <laughs> for a few seasons. Like oh, okay? whenever there was a poor performance, it's all like, oh Jensen, oh Matty, oh Matty. <laughs> um, but this year, he's uh, currently our our player of the season, and I it would take a big a big jump from someone else, I think, to overtake him. That's great, and yeah, it's good to see sort of it being a fellow fellow Dane who's come in and actually, oh, much has always been there, and actually doing the job after someone like Ericsson leaves and. Yeah, I think you're 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 right as well about taking chances in that sort of role as well. I, I, I think I saw who is it De Bruyne um, talking recently, and uh, Trent. It's it's often something that's labelled at Trent as well as oh the the pass completion is not that great. Or oh, yeah, they're taking <laughs> they're taking risks constantly to try and find that creative pass or that thing that's going to unlock a defence. So yeah, it's not all going to come off, but it's the yeah it's 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 it's, it's the gamble you're taking. It's going to come off more times than than not. And I'm looking at the fixtures here and. Um, there's obviously been some some really big results for Brentford this season, and um, I do think I think fondly back to Brentford four Man United nil uh, in the early sort of uh, days of the season. Um, oh, just sort of feel yeah. like a very long time ago. It's a nice warm afternoon. I do remember watching it at a pub in a park. Um, I'm still devastated. And, oh, yeah, One of the best Brentford matches ever. And were you not we there? Were, literally, we were on our way, and my. My partner had to be rushed to hospital instead. So we watched it from my iPad in a hospital room and I was devastated. And I remember the, like the consultant kept coming in after he heard me scream because we'd scored again. And he's like, what is going on? What is going on? And I was just like, look, look, look. And he just walked out and he came back in about 10 minutes later. And I was just like, 
I was like, I'm really sorry. I'll keep it down. Like I thought it would upset him, and he was like, Oh no, actually, I'm a I'm a, I'm a United fan. I was like, Oh, okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he he wasn't concerned for your welfare. He's just annoyed. But, <laughs> I thought yeah. I was like bothering other patients or something, but no, I was just bothering him. But yeah, no, it was a, a an absolutely brilliant day. Um, you know, it's a really privileged position. I think that we're in that we've got a match like that that's happened this year, and it's mm. not even the win of the season which is insane to me. Yeah, no, come on to talk about that for sure. And yeah, also hope, hope your partner was okay actually. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> fine, he's fine, don't yeah. worry. It did sound like you just glossed over it, so I thought, <laughs> he's okay. absolutely fine. <laughs> um, and it, okay, so you, you mentioned me for a lot of teams, a 4-0 home win against Man United would be sort of the, the win of the season. I think given how Liverpool season's gone, a home win against United probably is the win of the season for us. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to forget that 7-0 for... For quite a yeah, while. that one was a bit bigger. To be fair, it was it was it was a good bit of fun because I think at the at the stage where you beat Man United, I think there was still um, lots of wasn't there questions about oh you know would Ten Hag have the right sort of impact and uh, are they still a really dysfunctional side? Whereas I do remember when it came to Anfield, they really did. Uh, yeah, they arrived thinking they were going to walk away with everything. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, and you all had been in in quite a yeah, tough we not match well. at that point as well. So <laughs> it was it was really shocking one um i did watch it i did enjoy it but um yeah i think that was shocking for different for different reasons for us it's it's always the oh little old brentford they're going to be terrible without christian erickson and then he rocks up and i mean that yeah four goals in the first half was was something else it was it was a sensational yeah i do remember the sort of the the level of intensity was was amazing to watch and asking then about what the win of the season is, I've got a good, I've got a good guess of what I think it is, but I'll, I'll let you sort of describe it. Yeah, it's got to be say, got to be say, we're still the only team to win at the Etihad this year. Oh, is that really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. two of the most efficient sort of counter attacks I can remember, right? With um, with Tony on the end of them. Yeah, I mean, and who doesn't love a last minute away winner? I mean, honestly. No, of course, yeah. Not Spurs fans, I'm guessing. <laughs> to the last, the last game. <laughs> yeah. Honest, yeah, never good. I mean, United's not not I'm particularly happy about. Oh yeah, about the last minute winners at the moment either, are they? So true. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, Very we've been quite lucky with that. I mean, we've got Wiesa, who's just signed a new contract for us, and he seems to be the mm. master of last minute winners. So. Yeah, and no, I think I think we spoke about Wisa um, the last time we had a conversation because obviously he's, he's got such a fascinating story, right? And he's been so open about about sharing it. But he's he's really, really just continued to become a strong cult hero, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just he's just I think yesterday signed a new contract, so Amazing. he's going to be here till twenty twenty six. Again, I, I know we spoke about it before, but if you don't know anything about Jan Wisa, the the video they put out and that, mm. like the interview when he signed the new contract. Like you cannot watch it without just having an ear to ear grin. Like there is something about him. You just cannot watch him without just being the happiest you've ever felt. Um, he's genuinely such a lovely bloke. And as I said, very good at football. <laughs> yeah, no, very good at football. Yeah, seems to be having an even sort of bigger impact this season than, um, than I can remember beforehand. Uh, in terms of like, I mean, obviously, sort of two 0 one against Chelsea probably be another big win this season, or sort of in usual seasons. I mean, I think even this uh, this season they're going through some very, very, very uh, explicit sort of identity crisis um, at the moment. And it's yes. um, as you mentioned, 
they don't struggle for squad depth, but um, it doesn't look like anybody's really enjoying themselves there at the moment as well. Tilly Lampard's had a, a massive impact uh, from since he joined the club. But I wanted to ask, I mean, it's it's clearly a really positive season. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to pick out any games ago, you know, that went horribly wrong or whatever it might be. But if you're thinking to yourself now about how, you know, how Brentford can kick on, so 13th place finish last season looks, you're currently ninth, so it looks like you're going to be finishing in the top 10 this season. How, how do Brentford take that next step? I mean, you're sort of seeing clubs like Brighton and sort of how they, how they've been managed to sort of, you know, punch well above their weight as well. Um, what do you think of the areas where sort of, Brentford need to strengthen if they are going to take that next step? Um, I think there's, I mean, the the ultimate thing is I think the, the biggest way that we've improved from last year to this one is games that we might have lost last season, we've turned into draws this year. What, what I think the goal is going to be is taking those draws and getting more wins. Um, I mean, obviously there's a few that I've, you know, there's a couple that I've been disappointed to lose this year. Um, but some of the draws would, would sort of just as, just as upsetting. Um, and I think that's been the biggest step forward we've taken this year. I think the next step is turning those draws into wins. I mean, we've still only lost eight matches this year, but we do, I think, four, we think we've drawn 14 times. So I think it's just going to be about about improving that. Um, I mean, some of it is going to be down to depth. You know, at the moment, we're, you know, we've still got a couple of injuries, players out for the, we've just, you know, going to be out for the rest of the season. We've still got some who are just coming back from injury. Um, so that's always going to be an issue, I think, for mm. us. I think sort of bigger picture, longer term, what Brighton have already proven that they can do, because um, they've got a few years head start on us, is they've lost their manager. They've lost key players and they've been able to replace them. Yeah. I know, obviously, through the championship and throughout this sort of journey that we've gone on over the last 10 years, we've definitely been able to do that. Um, but we've not had to find out if we can do it in the Premier League yet. So I think that will be that will be key once once people start start moving on. Yeah, and not a player who I expect is going to be moving on, but a player that you could be without for a period of time. You imagine, um, sort of given the um, sort of the betting ban that might come his way. Obviously, some sort of Ivan Tony. I'm not I'm not sure what the latest is on that, but I know there was that sort of like 200 odd sort of breaches, right? And he's um, He's still yet to find out sort of like how long he, he might be suspended for there. Do, do you think Brentford are going to probably have to then look for, look for a forward to sort of fill, fill his boots whilst he, whilst he does sort of spend some time away? I mean, again, no one knows how long that's going to be, right? I, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's possible that we don't. Um, we've got, as I said, we're so he can play that role. Mm. Um, he's, you know, he can be used in any of the front three and the same with Kevin Sharder. So, I think getting him in January That's and giving him that opportunity to to you know train with us, be a part of the team, do all of those things that that are going to help a young player like that. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't have any sort of inside information or anything, but that sort of leads me to think that he's sort of slowly right. being built to to take on that role, whether it's because of a suspension or because Ivan leaves. Um, mm. So no, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't bring anyone in at all. Um, but as I said, you know, we've got one of the smaller squads in in the Premier League. So mm. if they want to add on, anyways, <laughs> that's you know that's different. But I don't I don't think that 
anyone's running around panicking going oh we need a we need an ivan replacement sure. it's just not it's just not something we do like you know we everyone thought we were going to panic and collapse when neil mope left and then everyone thought it was going to be collapse when ollie watkins and saeed ben rama left and mm. for some reason we just seemed to be very good and again it's it was changing the style of the way we play as well um going from the sort of one central striker to the the front three, the BMW, as it was called. And yeah, then going back to sort of a lone striker in Ivan. Um, I think we're quite adaptable in the way we play up front. So yeah. I think, I think we'll be okay. But obviously, yeah, replacing Ivan is a big ask. However, he obviously didn't play when we played you early in the season because he was no. suspended then. So. We did all right. You did more than, yeah, more than all right. And actually, yeah, just going back to that game, actually, because there's um, obviously another big win of the season. Um, a 3-1 win at home against um, against Liverpool. I kind of remember that stage of the season as well, but I'm sure it was bad. Um, and yeah, we sit on the score sheet. Um, there was a Canate on goal in there as well and uh, Mbomo as well. Uh, again, that's another huge result. I know there was a sort of really exciting sort of draw last season at home as well, but, you know, to actually to take that next step and sort of, you know, comfortably beat Liverpool in the end. I mean, was that another sort of, another one of those wins of the season for you? Definitely. I mean, I don't think, there's not many things anyways that I think beat um, a night, a night match at, right. at our ground. Um, beat to a few and they are just some of the most fun. <laughs> they are, yeah, they're, they're loud, they're intense and uh, they genuinely are always a lot of fun. Even like, you know, you'll speak to the to the away fans after the match, and they always enjoy themselves. Um, you know, regardless of the result, like I yeah. think it's just a brilliant night out, and I think you can feel that atmosphere. And even you know, you get you get the Sky Sports dancing along with us, and <laughs> you know, it is it is genuinely a lot of fun. And that that was one of those really really just fun nights where we're all sat there going, "How is this possible?" Yeah, no, I'm de- I'm de- I'm definitely looking to get down to to Brentford next season. I think for uh, hopefully for that Liverpool game. I mean, I'm, I'm sure regardless of whatever the result will be, it's going to be yeah, an entertaining, <laughs> entertaining evening, like you said. I think, and yeah, if if they know what's good for them, surely they'll make it an evening, an evening kickoff. Because uh, yeah, it's 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 been chaotic, but a lot of fun every single time that um, the clubs have met. To be honest, so I'm just thinking about sort of. Again, Brentford's performances this season, the, how, how they've kicked on since last season as well, and which players you think have been really integral to that. Obviously, there's the, there's the names that will come out, and, and Tony's one of them in terms of sort of his his involvement and just how crucial he's been for you. You talk about Jensen and, and the steps he's taken, but who for you have really been the key players this season? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, obviously, yeah, you've mentioned you've mentioned two of them there. Mm. Um, you know, if you'd told. Ten year ago, me that we'd have a twenty goal Premier League striker. Yeah. Uh, I would not have believed that, but I mean, yeah, Ivan's Ivan's been Ivan, which is probably the highest compliment that I can pay him. Um, yeah. As I said, <sighs> Matthias Jensen has just come on absolutely massively. He's been a he's been a joy to watch. Uh, Christian Norgard is always, always, always one of our best players. The there's the incredibly vastly underrated Rico Henry, and our defense has just been immense. Ethan Pinnock has put one foot wrong since coming back from a from a major injury. Again, just a really sort of, in my opinion, under-respected player. 
Ben Mee has been absolutely immense. David is always, um, I think <laughs> I would saw even in, I don't really do fantasy, but even in fantasy, I think him and Alison are the, are tied for the highest scoring goalkeepers this year. <laughs> so he's just been absolutely immense. Um, yeah. It's really, really hard for me to pick one. Really hard. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was reading something the other day, actually, just about, so I think they're talking about how me, uh, in combination with Pinnock and uh, Jorgensen as well, had just been sort of really, really strong sort of um, golden trio. I think was how they were being described in the piece I was reading about keeping Brentford a you know a, a solid defensive side, even when they come up against the the teams in the top six. I like was we talking about you've been really competitive in in those games throughout the whole season, uh, and yeah, I think yeah, as you're saying, a twenty goal. Uh, striker is it's w- w- worth its weight in gold and I think it's uh, the steps that Ivan Tony's taken this season just how efficient he's been uh, I think it's been even even though he missed the penalty I think he's uh, <laughs> it's always going to happen so I'm glad he just got out of the way to be honest yeah uh, no, I'm with you on that one <laughs> really does sort of hang over your head um yeah because he's 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 really taken the steps I mean I mean ha- in terms of his development I mean you're saying Tony does, yeah, he's done what he's always done. He's, he's, he's consistently broken records as a, as a player for you. But uh, do you think he's taken any specific steps or like he's, he's developed in different ways this season that have made him even more effective? I think I don't want to get shouted down for this. So I promise you it's not a direct, it's not, it's not a direct comparison, mm-hmm. but what Harry Kane did a few years ago when he sort of took himself from being that lone striker and essentially taught himself how to play a new position where he can drop back he can create things for other players um i think ivan's done really well to do that himself um he does that quite often because he's so good at holding up the ball as well if we've gone long he just holds it holds it holds it wait for everyone to make a run and he you know he'll play that pass in into the strikers um or into the wingers and it's a really underrated skill, I think, for a striker to have um, because it does make that front front three, if that's what we're playing with, just that bit more fluid. And the relationship that he's got with Brian and Burmo in particular, they just always seem to know where each other are. And I think their, their sort of relationship and the way that they play, they've been doing it for their what third season. Yeah. And it just gets better every year. You can just, you know, it's almost like you can watch them see the, the gears sort of spinning, right? I know this is where Brian's going to be. Of course. And off he goes. And yeah, Brian's speed is, is a tremendous asset to have in those situations. But ultimately, Ivan's the one who's got to hold up the ball and he's he's got to be the one to find that pass. So yeah, yeah no, I think I- it's, it's I, it sounds weird saying that considering he's scored 20 goals this season, but mm-hmm. it's not even his, just his ability as a, as a sort of traditional striker that's that he's really sort of come on with. Oh yeah, I think the the Kane comparison there makes sense, right? In terms of sort of the way in which Kane is so is so integral for Tottenham and frequently drops deep and is I think just as good creatively as well as he is a finisher. And uh, Tony, I, I do remember the first the first time Liverpool played Brentford. That was one of the things that came across to me was so much was made of Tony and how he was going to match up against match up against us on the day but I think the the thing I was struck by was just the the work rate he was putting in to give opportunities to other people um, on the day and I think yeah we serve one of them and Burma who you talked about as well there's clearly a really good understanding between those and 
it's yeah, I mean Liverpool have been like very fortunate to have that over the years with Firmino and Mane and Salah and I think at their peak it was just yeah everyone knew which 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 run someone was going to make it was it was it, it was effortless at times and I think that's that's been another thing this season where it's taking time right for players to get familiar with themselves and there's some really eccentric characters in that Liverpool attack as well so they don't always do what you imagine they probably will because I think they're a little bit chaotic as well and they like that which is yeah in, in, in a tough season a bit of chaotic energy has always been sort of welcome to be honest in Darwin Nunez or uh, now Luis Diaz who's back but bringing it onto the game then I mean and actually just before we get onto the game lots of teams I think once they've achieved their main objective for the season uh, like the, the, there was often that thing labelled at teams wasn't it about oh they'll be on the beach for the last few games yeah a bit like you, us against Leeds last game of the season oh was, oh, was it really? I, I completely forgot about Leeds yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was not great, and uh, I think we're still a little upset about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure plenty of sides were actually considering sort of where these were at that stage of the yeah. season as well. I think uh, your final game this season against Manchester City. Wow, okay, that could also be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see another. Yeah, or well, okay, actually, I'm, I'm just looking at pictures here because obviously Liverpool, West Ham, Tottenham. Oh yeah, well Tottenham's that's perhaps the, the most. Uh, Oh, no, yeah, potentially top four. Yeah, okay. So you, you've still got a hand in multiple narratives this season, it looks like. So you could still shape any of them. And actually, I think this on the beach thing is becoming a, like a little bit redundant for quite a lot of teams that are as well run as Brentford at Brighton. Another example, Fulham, I thought were very competitive in the previous game against Liverpool as well, despite having sort of achieved their objective for the season. So no danger of that this time, you think, under, under Thomas Frank? Oh, no, I think Thomas has very much learned his lesson from last year because he was not a happy bunny and none of us were happy, <laughs> were very happy about it either. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen again this year. Um, I think some of us got a little bit worried because we went on that amazing sort of streak where we, we just didn't lose. And then obviously that has to stop at some point. And then we went on. Not a, I wouldn't say a bad run in the same way that we did last year at one point, but yeah, certainly a dip in, in performance. And some, some of it was just down to a bit of luck, but I think the performances even through that period for the most part were still good. And I think that's the difference. Whereas sometimes last year when we went through mm. that patch, the performances weren't there. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I mean, I remember when the schedule was released and we saw what that May looked like. Just going, oh no, <laughs> it yeah. was te- it was terrifying. I mean, we thought that was yeah, that would have been a worst possible sort of last few last few matches of the season. Um, but I think at this point, mm. I wouldn't say we're going into it with confidence, but I don't think any of us are you know, shaking in our boots or I don't think we're too, too afraid of it. Um, one, cause mm. we, you know, we've already made sure that we're safe and, and all of that. So there's not a terrible risk, even if it all does go wrong, but you know, I think we are more confident in our ability to, to be able to play teams like yourself, teams like Tottenham, teams like City even. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking. F- I'm not looking at it with fear anymore, which is what I was doing in in mm. August. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I, like as you say, sort of the the character of Thomas Frank, or the, sort of the, how he strikes me. Anyway, I, yeah, I think it's going to be, be be very difficult to 
coast under him, I think, even for these final few games of the season. And yeah, the, the hard work has been put in to get you to a comfortable position at this stage. But as, as I said, there's, there's, there's so many fun narratives you could still sort of like. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I mean, we've um, had to, we've had to obviously work with the club to, to, to work out even what the, the match day for the last game of the season is going to look like. Cause you know, we might be given City a trophy presentation at our place. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, it could definitely be an interesting one. I mean, surprisingly enough, you've got, you know, West Ham that still, still aren't safe. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I, that's not one that I necessarily saw coming, at least not to that degree. Mm, no, um, no, certainly not. And then Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose, I suppose with Liverpool, there's this like, like, in my opinion, very uh, unlikely push for top four because it's come too late in the season. But yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Tottenham. I I think there's there's nothing left there. I think really. I think they're just trying yeah. to trying to get through these final few games. So, but yeah, I think certainly that final game of the season still there has the potential for Brentford to have a big a big say in how the season ends up if it if it is that tight um by the by the final game let's see but in terms of the Liverpool game you know plenty of sides have uh, arrived at Anfield this season um and you know rightly thought there's nothing nothing to be scared of we can have a go here we can hurt this team because Liverpool have been uh you know not their usual selves certainly from a defensive side um the, the attack I think is still functioning like pretty much the way in which it, it always has done despite missing a few more chances this season um, Salah still doing what he usually does, etc. But like, in terms of size being able to to hurt Liverpool and Liverpool being more open, certainly on the counter, I think you've seen that throughout the season. So I'm guessing, like your opinion, and like Thomas Rank is going to be like approaching this game with, as you said, nothing to fear. Yeah, I mean we we tend to go into that, and it's you know it's a luxury. It's one of the few luxuries, not few, I guess, but, you know, we haven't got cabinets full of trophies, but we do have a luxury of going into matches like this with nothing to lose. Um, and I mean, I can't speak for, for Thomas or anyone else, but I know I still certainly feel that way. Um, when yeah. we've got matches like this and, you know, we still very much enjoy the experience. And I hope that that doesn't, <laughs> that feeling doesn't end anytime soon. Um, I'm just really looking forward to it. I mean, like you said, it's, I'm hoping it's going to be a really good match because, you know, like you said, if there is a Liverpool weakness at the moment, it's in defence. We've been really, really good on that side. And, you know, saying that you're, you know, specifically susceptible to the counter, that's kind of our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, your attack is is still something to for us to fear. Um, so I, I genuinely hope it's going to be a, a really good match. Um, I think the way it looks like it matches up on paper, it's going to be a fun one. I think so. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, so you, you mentioned there sort of Brentford's good defence, certainly, but I think it does have the potential to be a bit of like a basketball game end to end, just the way in which... A bit well, like that too, <laughs> like that draw last year. Yeah, right. It's just, just the way that in which was... you're currently playing at the moment. And um, yeah. Yeah, Trent does look like he's gone from somebody who's having a really miserable time because everybody was criticizing him, like partly unfairly, I think, but to like literally sort of rude, <laughs> rude Huller incarnate on the, on the pitch. Um, he's absolutely loving it at the moment. So like, I'm, I'm, I, it's actually gone to the stage where I'm just, just looking forward to seeing what he does again because he tries all sorts of crazy stuff every, um, every game since he's moved into this position where he's coming into, into midfield, that's going to be exciting for sure. But yeah, I'm already predicting Tony and Mbomo. Um, yeah, not to mention Risa as well, causing all sorts of trouble to 
to a defense that's looked pretty disjointed this season and the midfield that's looked quite quite tired this season. So it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see sort of which which version of Liverpool turns up. But anyway, Taylor, I think that's that's probably a good place to leave it and wrap up. And I think it's been another hugely, I think, successful season for this Brentford project, and I, I th- just like, great to hear you say as you, as, as you were talking about there. Just I hope everybody's enjoying it just as much as they were when it all started, um, because it has been a hell of a a hell of a journey, and I think a hell of an example to so many clubs across the league who maybe have more resources just about you know, what you can do if you actually just a, a really well run club. So yeah, thanks again for coming on and for for sharing all your all your insight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hopefully um, I was right and it will be a fun one yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. A little bit of chaotic energy. Yeah. <laughs> 5.30 in the, uh, in the evening. It should be, should be good. You imagine the atmosphere is going to be pretty, pretty good. Oh, also that, that, that added bit of spice of, uh, <laughs> I've decided to play a national anthem before the game. So that's going to be, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine we all, how that's uh... going to go wrong. <laughs> I think yeah. Twitter sort of went a bit mad after that announcement. Um, yes. Yeah, so that will definitely be an interesting one because there are going to be a lot of people watching that tomorrow. Yeah, I, I just I mean, what do they want? I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be more surprised if there wasn't any sort of booing. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you think you're going to get on know. Coronation Day at Anfield at seven thirty, like at five thirty? What? The what only bigger you... guarantee is probably Celtic. I mean, San Celtic have already been in very fine form. Yeah, they've <laughs> they've had that moment already, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but in terms of all the listeners who've been listening to to Rival Recon with us this season um, on Anfield Index Pro, not many more to go. Just three games left in the in the season, and as I said, this improbable top four push is on. Let's see where it ends. I think we'll probably fall a little bit just short, but it's definitely be- um, good to see Liverpool on this run. Five wins. Uh, on the spin at the moment and yeah looking looking a bit yeah like they're enjoying football again so there'll be an episode another episode of Rival Recon ahead of the game uh, on the 15th of May against Leicester so do join us then but uh, yeah until then listen to all the other great pods uh, and content coming out on Anfield Index Pro and we'll see you ahead of that game against Leicester We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest lfc topics 24 7 sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord you won't regret it you can also follow us on twitter at anfield index and find us on facebook by searching for anfield index Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.